Welcome back once again to Frost Media. I am Mr. Monday, and with me, as always, is JMO and the Zara Nation. I'm never going to stop laughing about that. <laughs> Hello, people. It's us again. It's us, yeah. This is like, this is the first of the new year, so we might actually get more than two episodes this year. What do you reckon, Will? No, this is it. This, this is, is it. it. This, this is, is our <laughs> one episode for the year. This is the one. So this is the one oh. so just think if you're listening now you could savor it and make this whole podcast last the whole year yeah. listen to yeah. it like 10 minute chunks <laughs> <laughs> well th- that's actually good you know you do get people complaining about the length of the podcast yeah, so we do you know just that's why we always uh, shut co- everyone down just be like indeed enough <laughs> we could actually chop the podcast down and give everyone 10 minutes a month you know <laughs> What yeah, a so great idea! Coronavirus in December when it's already killed everyone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's gonna kill Will first. So, no, mate, I never leave the house. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that! It's not coming it. near me. <laughs> What's everyone been up to then, other than buying uh, copious amounts of masks and uh, you know hand sanitizer? <laughs> Washing my hands and buying a mask. Just compulsively. Yeah. <laughs> Stock Every up five and minutes. Antibacterial hand wash and. Yeah. Well, Ben, you live in you live in a city, so you, you'll I be know. the first, mate. You'll be gone. I'll be gone. You're walking down the street. I've seen the walk dead. <laughs> you know yeah. how it goes. I'll be the cannibal in the countryside. Yeah. Like, yeah, come in, mate. Come in. We'll sort you out. Is it? But at least you know you can nick his shotgun, do him over, and then run away from the the house in the countryside. That's usually what happens. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you can don't put... go in the barn outside. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just all my equipment there, of course. Don't, don't go to get hurt. You can steal the dog as well, because the dog will become your friend. But so any the, animals has he dog, has. Has the dog been eating human as well? <laughs> would that, yeah, would there that, is would that. that. Really, like you know. stop you, like if the dog had had a little bit, of, little bit of human on the side, and you're like, oh, <laughs> careful now. Oh. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You be constantly thinking like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna fucking well, go for me. He's probably had cooked yeah. human meat, so he probably wouldn't. Well, I don't know. <laughs> They've just yeah. given him like the. We're just going for that. The all, the all the fucking yeah, the spleen and stuff. It's giving it. It oh, depends whether it depends whether the dog's left eating scraps. You know, so. it depends on what happens. How yeah, many people come out of the cities? The you know. I mean, you know he hasn't attacked yeah. the cannibals, so you'll be all right. Well, because he knows he's one of they're one of him. <laughs> you know. So he can smell the pheromones. <laughs> yeah, we've got <laughs> Brexit this week. We're and the coronavirus. Even Jesus, week, this, this, this by the time, this, tiny, out, by the time yeah. this comes out, Brexit. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Will, well, to be honest, the headsets are made in China, so we've probably already got it anyway. Bets on which one will have killed us all off first, and I'm going to go for Brexit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to be on rations of beans. Yeah, <laughs> keep your tins of beans, you know, get in those little shelters in your gardens. I'm surprised. Brexit's on its way. I imagine, I, I would have thought, you know, some people would really be stocking up, you know, we'd be seeing like UK preppers, you know, on, on history channels. <laughs> oh, probably like... will. <laughs> well, nobody knows because they're already underground, That's so they true. can't they're get out. You know? Ready. I'm already yeah. underground. Are hey, you, mate? Yeah. Broadcasting live from your bunker in the yeah. South Lopham. <laughs> in the centre of the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
you know, that's it. Actually, you, you should have asked the question at the start of the podcast, Will. Who's got borders and who's got a big brick wall built around their house right now Careful. just to protect them? <laughs> I just... have boarded up the windows and yeah. I've got anti-Brexit spray ready. <laughs> Who's what, who's who's got the? Do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. Is that Theresa May just is that comes like through the door and you're like, no, spray. get out of here. It's the same thing. It repels, it repels <laughs> Brexiteers, mate. That's what it does. Keeps them away. Tastes, it smells like Germany. <laughs> Jesus, this is this is really going backwards very quick, oh, isn't it? Gone. Oh. Jesus. Anyway, God. Right. <laughs> entertainment. The entertainment yeah. experts, guys, that's what we're yeah. <laughs> You know, just think, we've, we we've just sorted out Britain's apocalypse, which is happening this week. Yeah. So um, as we record this, there's, we still have fresh air. That's right. Just wait till the next time we record this. We are responsible you know? for you still being alive. Congratulations. Look out for, look out for Frost Politics on Spotify and iTunes <laughs> coming to you. God, I'm sure we could. It's next to Frost bullshit. (laughs) This week we'll be talking about what we've been playing, watching and listening to this month. Welcome to Media Memoirs by Frost Media. Fucking mad. mad. The apocalypse has happened. <laughs> yeah, it has happened. So Ben, tell us about your entertainment for the month. You know are we are we doing all three? Are we? Yeah, are we pop s- out all three. Yeah. We'll all Fucking going going right in. Pop them out. Come on, pop them out. Oh, I don't know. Where to, I don't know where to begin, boys. Let's go music. Let's start off with a bit of a bit of go. music. So, I think it's. We've we've been doing this long enough now to know that Will is obsessed with Hatsune Miku, <laughs> JMO loves sleeping dogs, and yeah. I'm a big fan of Paramore. This is right? true. We all we all know this. We do. And yep. Recently, we got some pretty exciting news. If you're a Paramore fan, in that Haley Williams they split up. No. <laughs> That'd be exciting no. if you're a Paramore fan, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Hayley Williams has finally decided to release some solo uh, music. Now, this is this has been kind of like an interesting topic to discuss, like amongst like the fans, because over the 15 years that they've been going, 
a lot of people have said, oh, does she need the band? Does she, you know, would she just be doing better on her own? Um, and there was a, a huge thing, certainly in Paramore's early, early years, they were like talking about, okay, look, why did, why does she need these other band members? Like she can so easily go off and be like a, an incredible worldwide solo artist. But, you know, she decided not to. And for, for one reason or another, you know, the band have obviously had loads of issues and they're in a good place right now. So she's decided to to, to release um, a new solo album. Um, and she recently released a, a new single called Simmer. And I listened to it the day it came out. And I think when you think of their music, her music, You'd probably think her first solo track would probably be some, you know, full-blooded pop fest, you know, some crazy, <laughs> you know, huge vocal range sort of song. But actually, she's she's actually gone for something that's a lot more chilled and, you know, sort of like quite dark toned. Mm. Um, not not in the sense that it's like depressing or anything, but it's just like sort of more mellow and chilled out. And she uses a much lower range like of her voice and it kind of it's just really chilled out and didn't they do that sorry didn't they do that for um a few of the tracks on the twilight soundtrack wasn't there one for twilight they did there was there was was it decode yeah yeah it was that but it was still it was still it was still like it was still it was still Mm. poppy poppy rock this is a lot more like you know it's 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 just a lot more chilled out and her her sort of using like her voice in the background as sort of different as as almost like an instrument in the background she's kind of uses it for this song and it's just it's just really different and we've we talked about this in the in the um the music of the decade podcast yeah. about when artists don't change their sound like it kind of gets a bit boring and yeah and it's kind of yeah. the same here with this like it's really refreshing to actually hear hear her solo stuff and it is very very different to what the band is known for and even and even the last album after laughter which is a lot more pop sort of 80s style rock this is this feels like she's going somewhere else mm. with the album which is going to release in May. Um, called, I, think I think it's called Petals for Armor. It's going to be called. So I'm I'm really I'm really like pleasantly surprised with like this different sound that she's gone for. And I, I do I, I I really love it when when bands do this and they I know obviously I say bands do this but she's going solo. But just in general when artists do this and they and they 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 try something new because it keeps me interested. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and, and you know over the years a lot of a lot of people have broken away from their band and yeah, done so yeah. stuff. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of like most recently. I guess Harry Styles did it, didn't he? With one <laughs> big direction. fan of Harry no. Styles, are you, mate? Yeah. The, name name check the cool people, why don't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, he was the first one. I could, and I guess I guess Noel and Liam Gallagher. Yeah. But that was very different reasons i think it was more at that it was always noel always wanted to break away yeah. after about after i think he was around after heathen chemistry which isn't a great oasis album it has some good songs on it it's the one with songbird on but i 
think around that point is when he decided that he he could do better off on his own. So he was kind of he he could have gone at any time to be honest. Yeah. Oasis were doomed to split all the time. So I did listen to this uh, Haley Williams song. I I didn't. I think it might be a grower. Still, I think it might be a yeah, grower. You yeah. know, I do. Uh, it is. It's, it's it's it just felt really weird hearing her voice in a song like that to me. To be yeah, honest, it, yeah. it didn't. I was like, it was I wasn't, kind of jarring. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it when the first time I listened to it. Mm. But mm. and and I think that sort of I was a little bit the same as you. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Just listened to it a few times, and I really got into it. And I I did sort of find myself going around the house like oh yeah i'm singing the chorus like in my head you know it is in my head and i'm sort of i'm i am digging it <laughs> digging yeah it. digging it nice yeah yeah no yeah. that's a that's a that's a good choice ben it is good choice i think i think the nice thing is though i think with every artist if they're in a band and it's usually the lead that goes off first mm-hmm. the actual the writer or the lead because even um Billy Armstrong from um, Green Day, he he's done loads of separate mm-hmm. projects, mm. you know. And um, but I think sometimes they feel the need to do that because it's it's good for their creative environment. Yeah. You know the amount of, as I say, the amount of bands and stuff like that where we know that, like Richard Ashcroft as well. I was just about to say Richard Richard Ashcroft. Yeah. Yeah, and you know he had he went away from the Verve. But then he did his solo stuff. Then they reformed. And mm. to be honest, they reformed. They only had a couple of good songs. But yeah. he he was better off for having that break yeah. away from the band. I loved uh, Music is Power. really loved that track. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's a good song. It's yeah. really it's different, though. I think that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very song. different. But, yeah. that's, but that's what I mean. I love it when I love it. I don't know. I think with you, Will, it's like you don't like change as much. <laughs> Right. You I like don't know. I think my favourite band, band like the Mushroom, have changed. They change every album, so I don't, I don't know if that's true. But yeah, I guess. Like, I, 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 it's nice to have familiarity. I guess. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't want someone to suddenly go from like singing pop pop rock to like fucking heavy metal. grime, <laughs> heavy metal, or you know, you know. Like, that's what was the one pop. from Busted? Charlie Simpson Charlie from Simpson. Busted. Jesus. Star, didn't he? Oh, right, I know yeah. fights. I actually saw Fight Star at mm. Reading Festival once. It was really, um, it was, it was, it was really awkward mm. because you sort of knew. Sing years he was, he was yeah. busted. Is this the... <laughs> I, I used to like. I it... do. I do. I do still listen to Fight Star every now and then. I do mm. sort of like that for like nostalgic yeah. reasons. Mm. And he and even he then went off and did his own solo stuff. Yeah, and his solo stuff was better. I mean, yeah. like as I say this, I, I I will say that I thought Fightstar were actually a good band. Yeah. I you know obviously I'm not a fan of Busted. I'm not a, his solo stuff was good, but Fightstar was in that sort of vocal metal style. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I could never get my head around that it was him. Yeah. That was on it because they did make some good songs. I think after a while I got used to it mm. because I mean, God, that was that was right where I was. At, I was the age where Busted was life. Oh yeah, that right? Thunderbird song was amazing. I went, yeah, I went to amazing. see them. Like I went to see them live. God, yeah, I fucking loved Busted. Were you glad they crashed the wedding? I was. 
It's yeah. better than forgetting. Yeah, there you go. And did you go to the did you go to the year three thousand? I did. Not much uh, has changed, but they breathe underwater. Everyone Jesus. bought their separate album. Did you know that? <laughs> I think they might have one now because Busted did release an album last year. <laughs> last year, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, it came up on my my Apple Music feed. I was like, why is this one here? <laughs> why yeah. is this one here? Why was yeah. that on there, Jamie? Why is it? You must have been listening to. It just came up. Yeah, it just came up on the um. Was it? You know, on Apple Music, you've got that. You go into the for you section where you can obviously link with people and friends that listen to your music, and then I don't know. I must have been listening to some really bad albums because that came up as well. You know, it's like music for you, recommended for you, yeah. and that album came up, and I was like, now why did that come up? See, Spotify and I was thinking, the nail on the head usually when they're recommended for me. I'm like, yeah, fucking love all of this. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Okay, so what's next, Ben? Boom. Let's fucking go for it. Right. TV. I've got a TV show. A TV Ooh. show. A TV show. Is right. it? Is it how to rescue yourself from the apocalypse and Brexit and coronavirus? <laughs> no, that's that's next episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So, we were. I mean, we we've, we've all been excited for The Witcher coming on Netflix. We have. And... Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I loved it, boys. It was pretty great, wasn't it? It was pretty great. And I, I went into it. Um, I'd only played Witcher 2 and 3, and I'd ha- had no knowledge of the books. So obviously the show is based off the books. Yes. Um, yeah. And this show has actually you know, left me wanting so much more that I'm now reading the first book. I can the confirm last that he bought it when he was okay. with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want and... the cover that has the TV show on it, Will. I want the normal cover. I want the proper cover, okay? <laughs> is this is this like when you go around every box shop and you won't you won't get <laughs> the right book? You want the same book, but it has to have the correct cover. Yes. Does it have correct. special numbers inside as well? It's a numbered copy <laughs> with a special it stamp. Does. Yeah. You know what's funny? It it's probably they've, does. Um, they've, they've, <coughs> on, on the cover of all the normal books, they've um, embossed this red like yeah. circle on it. Now a series on Netflix. It's not even a sticker. You can't get it off. Oh. It's on it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. It is. But yes, I went into this um, so expecting... Now, I had a little previous information, courtesy of Master William here, yes. that he felt was necessary for my enjoyment of the uh, show. And he said to me that there was three different timelines going on. And it's, and it's, and it, it was probably important to know that going into it. And I was so glad that I knew that going into it, because I feel like if you didn't know, because obviously there's hints, you know, throughout the show that there's different yeah. timelines going on. There are three different stories following the three main characters, and each one is in a completely different timeline. And I found it was so helpful to actually know that information going into it. Because they don't tell you at all. They really don't. They don't tell you at all. It's just they leave you to figure it out. Like, even like towards the end, even that last episode, it's like, yeah, like you're like, oh shit, okay, that was what that was, and blah, blah, blah. But, um, wow. Like, I can't. I can't explain how much I really, really loved this show. Mm. Now, even from this first episode, I mean, the choreography, 
but the fight choreography is just insane. It is. Like, it's so, like, because a, 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 a lot of the times when you get these sort of fight scenes between, you know, your main main hero and, you know, a bunch of goons and, and like, the main villain, you'll get all these different sort of, like, short, fast cuts mm. in, the, in the fight, and it will all look really hectic and, like, it's really fast and all that. But in this show, they do this. They do the the amazing, clever thing of just keeping it as one shot, and you can see all the choreography, you can see all the the incredible like work that's been put into these fight scenes, and fucking hell, it's brutal. Like this is this is The Witcher, all right. This is mm. like proper brutal. Ooh, it's gory. But um, yeah, I mean, the locations as well, the shooting. The places that, like, that you can tell that there's no there's no green screens going on here. Like they're shooting in real, mm. they're shooting at real locations. Um, Henry Cavill is like, I was one of those people that did not like the casting of Henry Cavill mm-hmm. as Geralt, and I tell you what, I think he fucking nails it. He does. He absolutely does. He absolutely, absolutely voice is perfect. Nails it. He he's, nails he's, it. He's got the look. He's I think he. Yeah, he does have the look. Yeah. yeah. I think um I watched the first episode and I was it was more the look. I was I thought the look of him was very much like Gerald. Um, you know, so I thought he was yeah. I thought he he was pretty much spot on. And even how how his mannerisms are as well, they're very similar to how yeah. you'd expect him to be. Because I think so. Henry Cavill came out and said that he was a big fan of the games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's always fun to to see like even like with like Star Wars fans when you know that one of the actors is a big Star Wars fan. You're like, oh yeah, great. Yes, they're <laughs> gonna they're gonna put an extra ten percent in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, most re- recently, Richard E. Grant wasn't he from? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. He, he was a massive Star Wars fan, yeah. which you know he was of, great. And hey, he was he was good yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. I don't. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that another day. But yeah. but yeah, I, I was really really. In terms of the other casting, I think the the casting of of Jennifer is amazing. I think she is an incredible actress. Perfect. I loved her. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. I think she was amazing. She was like the perfect Yen. Triss is okay. Yeah. I don't I think, think we've seen some enough controversy about Triss. Obviously. Yeah. I don't think we've seen enough of her because obviously she's not really like mega mega in this story yet. Mm. So she's she's only in it for like sort of little bits here and there and obviously i'm so used to video game tris who has red hair and mm. you know but in the books i'm sure that tris actually is supposed to be like a brunette and you know but yeah she's she's okay like I, I need to see more of her because she didn't get much screen time really like there was that one episode i think it was episode <laughs> oh, three that'll be the tank that's moving in <laughs> yeah <laughs> the brexit brigade yeah. um yeah, I think that was like episode three where she was mostly in. Mm. Which, by the way, what an incredible that that episode with the, with the trigger. Oh yeah. That some of the cinematography in that episode was insane. That like... that was the episode that felt the most like the games. Mm. Like it was a proper monster hunt. Like, oh. It's good that they put that like, kind of stuff in there, isn't it? As well, like it's definitely yeah. not skipping on any of the any of the parts yeah of like it was proper, oh it was so good like and like you said the cinema but cinematography was so fucking good and i really i really liked the casting of Foltest as well i really liked um his casting he he really sort of 
fit really well. Mm. And I was really, I, like I said, I was, I started reading the book, and actually, that's that's one of the first scenes in the book is Geralt going to mm. um, Voltest and, and dealing with the Strigger. So it was kind of cool to see just how accurate it was, which it was extremely accurate to how it is written in the book. Mm. So really, really like it, just overall, just incredible production. That uh, like I think netflix have struck gold here i think oh definitely and yeah. and i think it it is it was what was it it was like the the most popular launch on that new series on netflix or something yeah, ever, yeah. something yeah and also what it's done as well the witcher 3 is now the most is the most yeah. played it's ever I been played, played at the moment yeah yeah well the thing is as well the switch version has been huge yeah, yeah. Like it's been really, really popular. Yeah. Um yeah, because obviously everyone's watched the show and then they're playing it handheld, which is you know, which is the the real big thing about the Witcher Three on the Switch. Yeah. yeah. Switcher three as everyone's calling it. Switcher three, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think but what one thing I would be concerned not not concerned about is that if I didn't if I wasn't familiar with the source material and I wasn't mm. familiar with the games, you know, how would I then perceive this series? Yeah, I think, I think it must that's... have been popular amongst that kind of crowd. Though, like the game, yeah. the game of Thrones crowd has probably moved over. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Also, the Game of Thrones side of things as well. I think the way Game of Thrones ended is particularly the last couple of episodes. People episodes. needed something yeah. to to just excite them again new and exciting yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. the game of thrones was a little bit of i i know i i didn't mind the ending there was a few bits in it that i was a little bit oh but then you know i don't think it was as bad as everyone said but i don't think it was as good as it could have been it was just poorly executed i think yeah oh yeah I th- you know it's but the thing with the witcher is it does have shocks in it, it it's a very adult type of um action series mm. and that first you... and that first episode really sort of sets the tone for like yeah Geralt you know he he always tries to stay out of things mm. but he always gets dragged in and no matter what side he chooses he always it always turns out shit for him because <laughs> yeah he can't he can never win like mm. but no I just I think by the end I think you know, I think the last few episodes were really good. I think, again, I feel like if I didn't know that information about being there being multiple timelines, I would have been a little bit more like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because, like, there's, there's one scene where there's a character from one... Um, there's, a, there's a scene from one character's timeline that is younger, and it's like, oh, if you don't notice that, then no sorry i haven't read that correctly there's a character in one person's timeline mm. who is from another person's timeline who is older than they are in that one mm. so there's someone who turns up who's younger and it's like if you didn't if you don't catch like a very quick sort of um line then you wouldn't notice that that is in a is way in the past and you're like oh shit okay mm. but yeah. um i think overall i think i was i was i was really I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised because, you know, I was expecting to like it and I'd heard really good things about it yeah. anyway. But I was just really pleased with with how sort of just how true to the to the 
the source material and just how much it felt like it was in that world. Well, and, yeah. Netflix know how to make a show now. They yeah. know, you know, they pump so much money in. You know, if anything, they were the first ones to actually make their own shows. You know, proper serial dramas for. Well, I suppose in terms of the the subscription service. Mm thing you know because obviously tv itv bbc one um you know all the fox and cbm and everything they've all been doing it you know making shows but then netflix and netflix and i suppose sky have taken it to a whole new level Mm. and obviously amazon prime amazon themselves they've taken the shows to a whole new level as well oh yeah Um, i mean the this production Lord, values this, this Lord of the Rings show yeah how much is it like 10, 10 million an episode oh it's something really silly well something I think silly. of all of them um, Ian McKellen's the only lead actor from the Lord of the Rings films that's supposedly been approached to be in it as well I know they said that they found they've cast a young Galadriel I think that was the yeah. only thing that I saw well, I think it's yeah. meant to be different isn't it it's not going to be Lord of the Rings is it it's, it's going to be different characters and stuff it's yeah, going to yeah, be it's, tales from that world isn't it yeah. sorry the future <laughs> set in the past yeah. in the set in like yeah it's set in like um the age of if you're familiar with the, the, age, lore, of like the age of Numen, or, I don't know if you, yeah. if you know that but um God, I sound like a fucking nerd. You are a nerd, man. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, Ben. Yes, yeah. I think it's like the second age or something, and the, yeah. and, the, and the Lord of the Rings is set in the third age. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the other thing about so, the uh, the Witcher, sorry, just to steer us. That's right. No, that's yes, cool. That's, yeah. um, is the music has really been a standout? Oh. Standout kind of surprise. Will, I've not stopped listening to Toss a Coin to Witcher. <laughs> no. It is so good. It is so good. And it does it's sound so a bit good. like like some people are like, oh, it just sounds like it's you know, it comes from our time rather than that kind of mm. but you know what? It's catchy. Don't give a shit, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, the music's great. Yeah. It's really good. Good. Fuck. Okay. And there's so many different covers. So many people have done so many covers. It's one of those pop culture phenomena, isn't it? Where you kind of yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a mad. <laughs> yeah. No. The thing is, it's probably gonna get bigger as the year goes on as well as more and people think, come into um, it. And I think the second series will be mass will be massive. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Netflix, with the popularity that they had. Netflix has a bunch of great shows that are coming back again for second seasons like the Umbrella Academy as well and, and, and they've said that it'll be a lot more linear and I think the way it ends yeah, it sort of it will be it will be a lot more linear because yeah silly enough I've actually cancelled my Netflix subscription so well, that's the problem isn't it because I've so got many, Amazon Prime so yeah I do that as well nowadays. yeah yeah. It's like this old Brit box that's coming along. Who the fuck's going to pay for that? Americans is going to pay for Brit box, mate. That's that's what yeah. aimed at. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just think of all the Americans lapping up the new seasons of Doctor Who. Uh, oh, I could talk about that show for for ages. Yeah, no, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, because I want to talk about that as well, but we can't. We'll do it another time. Same as Picard as well. Yeah. Jeez, that was. Oh. Yeah, we could talk about that another. I'm time. surprised you're not talking about. Wow. I might do. I might. I might change my TV show. We'll see. Because now I do. Now I want to talk about Doctor Who. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I, that was so. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll okay, see. So we'll Maybe at the end. Talk about it at the end. Because yeah. I've. I was so confused by something that happened in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers ahead. It sounds like. So Ben, what's your game? 
Okay, so to finish off, um, a game that if you if you watch any streamer nowadays, you can you you probably tell that it's taken Twitch by storm. Oh, it's not even on Steam. I don't know how it's done it. It's it, and I tell you how it's done it. It's it's done it because of Twitch, because these big Twitch streamers have started playing it, and it's called for people who don't know, Escape from Tarkov. Now, a lot of people who aren't maybe familiar with PC gaming or maybe don't watch Twitch streamers probably don't know what Escape from Tarkov is. Does he catch you in the end? JMO, do you know what Escape from Tarkov is? No, it sounds like you're escaping from some old have dude. You, have you ever have you ever heard heard the name? No, I'm just looking it up now. Right, okay. Is it so, Tarkov or Tarkov? Tarkov, T-A-R-K-O-V. Oh, it's on Xbox. Is it? Is it on Xbox? It I don't know. No, it's just come up. It might be on that no, thing, maybe. no, it's not. Somebody's yeah. just posted in a forum. Is yeah. it? Is it on the PT? So for people, so people like JMO who don't know what this is, this is a, this is a. Hello, <laughs> people, come join me. <laughs> hardcore, realistic, first-person shooter that is online, and it's got like RPG, sim, and MMO-like features. It now, looks like Metro. Yeah, it's it. Now the developer of this is someone who took a lot of inspiration from the Stalker games, and then you can, and if you know anything about the Stalker, then I mean, the Stalker games, you'll know that exactly. He is, he is, he has taken loads of inspiration. Um, and it's basically the it's a very difficult game to 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 describe. So. The idea is that you have a a map, so a small map. I say small. It's, it's, it's a relative size, but nothing crazy big like a DayZ map or an H1Z1 BR map or whatever. Um, you have a map where you spawn in, and you spawn in as a what you call a PMC. And with this PMC, you have to go around in this raid, loot guns. Shoot, pe- shoot other players, escape with your loot. That is the basic premise of the game. And when you sort of explain it like that, it doesn't sound like the most exciting, in-depth thing. It's so you go like, from a PMC to being a DIC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the idea is that this is a very realistic game. Like, it is. they go for the whole very limited heads up display there's there's barely any ui if you need if you want to check how much ammo you've got in your gun you need to take that mag out and look in the gun and look in the mag to see how much ammo is left you have things like uh realistic like sort of uh damage on your body so you could lose you could lose an arm or you could um, have your leg broken and you would have to use specific types of medication or bandages or uh, splints or whatever to deal with each body part there's like food, food and drink that you have to eat, you know, to make sure that you're, um, you know, topped up on energy levels. Um, there's 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 animations for everything. So everything you do in the game, there's an animation for it. And it's one of those games where it's very high risk, high reward style gameplay. And there's there's other sort of um, elements. Like I said, there's like sort of sim elements like that or there's 
MMO like features like so there's like AI there's there's um uh, things called scavs and they and they go around they're sort of like AI bots that sort of have limited gear but they they are actually quite deadly and you can even spawn as a scav if you wish so you, you get an option to to play as either a PMC as your main player character or you can spawn in as a scav and if you spawn in as a scav you basically spawn in as one and you take control of one of the AI bots and you have his gear and you can go around and if you kill loads of people and you escape with a scav you can keep all of your loot there's raiders there's there, well there's things called raiders which are higher level ai there's bodyguards for bosses there's bosses in the game and it's a really tactical slow paced high learning curve game and while that might sound like a very sort of it's it's, it's you know very uh what's the word like it's very punishing and it's very uh, daunting i guess that's the word i'm trying to think of to try and yeah. learn you know learning where you know the best places to loot for guns or the um you know you, you know okay so i want to go and loot that building over there so high military building okay how do i get into that building oh shit i need a key okay so i need to go and loot the key find a key so there's all these different keys for these different high loot areas and there is so so much going on in this game that is so much more than go into the raid kill people get loot escape with the loot it, you know when someone explains you know the general idea of this game and it's and it creates big and because you're playing this high risk high reward style of gameplay mm. it, makes the, it makes this very realistic you know the ballistics in the game are very realistic you know the the, the bullet travel time the recoil of the guns the i mean the gun customization is absolutely insane because there's this real hard hardcore high realism element to the game and it's very very intense gameplay slow paced you are just always on edge and it just creates this high intensity style gameplay where you are just on your toes the whole time and I think that's why a lot of people are really enjoying watching other people play this and why it has just taken like the internet by storm. I mean, if you go on, if you go on Twitch right now, I can guarantee that this will be, this will be the top game being played. Like, let's have a look. I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, no, well, it's still Fortnite. It's still, or for me, it says League of Legends, <laughs> League of Legends. but 82,000 oh, yeah. people are currently oh, watching. Of course, League of Legends escape from tarkov that's huge though that is huge numbers. i guess it's also the time of day i think a lot of the big tarkov streamers stream like a lot earlier mm. um but i i think people are really loving this this intense gameplay and then because it has this really high learning curve i think people are loving watching other people who are really good at it mm be good at it and you can sort of see you can sort of watch these really you know high level streamers you know watch them and be like oh shit this is what i can aspire to be i can i can be this good and you know i can get this really cool gear and all the all this incredible guns that they've got and all this incredible gear and i don't know what it i don't know what it was it was it was sometime at the end of last year where it just blew up. I think there was a big update for it, which I think usually then brings in a lot of people back to the game because this is a game that released three years ago. Like it released early access three years ago, and it was a completely different game. Yeah, I do remember I, about it. Yeah, I, I remember it being announced. And I was like, oh, what is this game trying to be? 
you know, because at that time we were all sort of still like butthurt about Daisy and H1Z1. BR was coming onto the field. Well, that was when PUBG started yeah, to really so, become so, a big player, didn't it? Yeah, and it's not BR at all. And it's like, oh, okay, so what is it? What is it trying to be? But it's actually its own thing. And I would not be surprised if there are other developers out there who are taking note notice of this, of this style of high intense, realistic, mm. hardcore gameplay. People are just really fucking into it at the moment. It's like there's that other game, isn't there? Um, Insurgency. Is it that what it's called? Insurgency. It's a really sort of hardcore one shot, one kill sort of um, uh, first person shooter. And a lot of people have been getting into that as well recently. Insurgency Sandstorm, I think it's called. What's that other one that we tried, Will? Um, oh, squad. Oh, squad. Yeah. Squad. A lot of people like that as well. I think there's a. I think people are really starting to get into this hardcore, like high realism style of game now. Well, I suppose in a shooter term, it's it's like playing COD on hardcore yeah. mode, isn't it? Yeah. Or even um, what's the other one? There's PC. There's Armor, isn't it? And that's Armor. a really Armor Three. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really yeah. In a state sort of um. You know, That's if you a, want to get a realistic yeah. shooter, you go play mm. armor. Yeah. But even Rainbow Six is a very yeah. one kill type game, and it's Rainbow like Six that. is it huge. Is also, it's, it's still also huge. Cleverly designed so that it is very accessible for someone who isn't, you know, crazy yeah. about being too too um, hyper uh, realistic or hardcore. But I think when you when you look down at the basics of the game, it's very it is very, a very basic premise, mm. but it's just the layers of the different things i mean there's there's even things like quests that you can do you know there'll be there'll be different traders you know you can buy and sell different items to and they'll give you quests and they'll give you things to unlock and give you things to do in the raids there's also a fully fledged market like a player market called the flea market where you can where there's just this huge huge ecosystem like it's it's insane how like this market is like you know it's, it's uh, like on the level of eve you know, Eve Online now, fucking crazy. That that uh, you know, trading thing. It's so Elite Dangerous is a little bit like that, does it? Yeah, Elite does Dangerous that? is, but it's um Elite Dangerous. Obviously, you have the fuel rats and people like yeah, that that come out and that. yeah, yeah. yeah that's where that sort of you know, there's a the community aspect is a little bit different. But then, I suppose, what would be the big? Do they have like big events that? You know what would be the big event for that type of game? So, 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 I haven't been playing it long enough to have known the other events that have gone on. They did do mm. an event recently where they sort of did a, a little collaboration with Twitch, where if you because yeah. they obviously knew just how fucking crazy it was going on Twitch, yeah, people were streaming it all the time. So they're like, right, let's let's cash in on this. So they did this event where um, if you were watching someone playing twitch sorry if you're watching someone playing tarkov um and they were affiliated with you know if they were linked with the developers they were given permission you could get um mm -hmm. loot drops so like you could watch a streamer and sometime in the stream you'd be given like a really high-end piece of loot which you know in the in game would take hours and hours and hours to to acquire so there was this whole thing of like it was very cleverly you know like yeah let's get more people to watch and then it's getting more you know we're going to build more momentum more momentum 
and we're going to get more people to watch, more people to play. People thinking they're getting free, free things, and you know it's just going to keep ramping up. And I even I got I got loads of loads of stuff, and I got like two million, uh, like an item that's worth like two million rubles on the market, which is like you know an average rage. You might you might you know if you if you're doing an okay you know come back from an average rage, you might make like hundred k. So mm. you know get, just getting an item like that from watching and. And I I spent a long time umming and ahhing about whether I wanted to buy this game. I'd watched so much, so much of it on Twitch. I was like, oh god, okay. So there is this big learning curve. If I keep watching these streamers, you know, seeing seeing how they how they do things, and you know, what 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 is the best advice that they can give me and stuff like that. And I've put about eighty hours in now, having having bought it. Jesus, that yeah. is yeah. How much yeah. did you pay for it? Um, I forget what the exchange rate was because it's. Uh, I think it was about forty. I think it was about forty. Wow. Forty pounds. PC games do tend to be more expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but I mean, I've gotten my money's worth. I always think if I can get if I can get thirty hours out of a game, mm-hmm. I'm happy. You know, so and 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 it's worth noting. There's seven, eight maps in the game. I've spent those 80 hours learning one map and playing one map. Mm. Like that is how much there is to learn. And I'm the kind of person who really enjoys that. Like I really enjoy like just getting comfortable with this map and, and learning the best places to hide, best places to peek, best places to engage. Or maybe, you know, I, I see a group of people who, you know, I, I see their gear and I think, oh shit, okay, that maybe they're a bit too OP for me right now. If I move to this hill over here, I might have a good you know spot to snipe down at them and i think that sort of they've they've sort of taken that sort of high risk high reward thing that you used to get when you played daisy but they've yeah they've they've taken away the running simulator <laughs> do you know what i mean like half the time in daisy or or even the h1z1 just survive mode the survival mode 60 70 percent of the time you're just running you're just running in a straight line to the next location or and then and then you get to the northwest airfield in daisy or you get to the police station in h1z1 you just die and you just spent 10 minutes running across the map and you're like oh for fuck's sake this is like so frustrating that sounds like me playing PUBG, to be honest yeah i get to you do get that vr games nowadays yeah there is that sort of running simulator thing about and and i think I was I, I was like you when I when I I think when I'd had enough of PUBG I was me and my friend James we were we were playing it nonstop I put in about 250 hours and you know racked up quite you know we were mm. we were winning rounds in duos you know we we racked up quite a lot of of wins in 250 hours but we were getting so frustrated and and a lot of it was to do with this that 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 you just you just you go to, you you drop down you either die straight away or you drop down you loot up you then run for 15 minutes just running away from the circle you get to the second or third to last circle and you just get shot and you feel like you've just wasted 20 yeah. 30 minutes of your time yeah and but yeah um, i mean that's that's what the game is you know that's what the you know you are you're yeah. constantly going to be having that because yeah. once it once the circles get smaller, I mean, I always found that with PUBG, I was getting to the last circle, the last bit, and 
I would always get into that last bit with the last five or six, Mm-mm. but I, I would always find that no matter what I did, I would always get picked off by someone yeah. that usually had a shotgun. Yeah. You know, and, and it feels yeah. like in that situation, you don't learn anything. You know, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes in a game, if you die, it just feels, it just feels cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this game, when you die, it's obvious why you died. In terms of like, oh shit, I did, I fucked up there. Like, I was way too loud. I was, I was running when I should have. Because that's another thing about this game. One of the, the most, one of the most important things about this game is sound. Everything you do makes a sound. Footsteps. Your gun. If, if you raise your gun, if you aim down the sights, it makes a little sort of tink, like a little sort of clicking noise. Or if you're like eating food or if you're going through a bush, it makes a sound that someone might hear in the building next to you. Or if you're stepping, depending on which surface you're standing on, if you're standing on metal, it's going to be louder than if you're standing on grass or dirt. So there's so much to scout. And I think it is a very difficult game to try and explain like why people are so, so obsessed with it. And I think it is that high risk, high reward gameplay Mm. But I think the best sort of bit of advice I can give to anyone, if they have no idea what it is and they're even a little bit intrigued, go and watch a stream. Go and watch someone who's really good at the game and see what the gameplay loop is actually like. Because, yes, there's moments of quietness and you're just looting and maybe you don't maybe you don't see anybody in a raid, but you get out and you get your, your cool gear. Or maybe you have this insane firefight with like two different guys or, you know, you accidentally come across some raiders who are like high level AI or there's a boss and you're like, Oh fuck, he's going to completely fuck me over. It's, it's, it's that it's really intense. It's intense to watch. It's fun to watch people play. And, and yeah, I I think it's take, it's taken the internet and, and certainly the PC gaming community by storm at the moment. And, and I I wouldn't be surprised if there are, 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 there's more games like this, that maybe this is the new thing. Maybe this style of game, and well, m- maybe the BR is shifting aside. Okay. It sounds very old school, uh, you yeah. know, in terms of how it's set up. Yeah, yeah, and like, and like we said right at the start, it's very the the aesthetic of it, you know, set in Russia, very yeah. stalkerish, very, very metro. If you enjoy the aesthetic of metro, if you enjoy the the sort of limited hard of metro and you like the mm. sort of gun mechanics and things like that you you you'll, you'll get something out of this but i think people need to go into it knowing just there is a big learning curve and if you die it is okay because you are learning something you know it's fine to die in this game because actually I'm like every time i've died in this game i've always thought oh shit okay i should have done this okay next raid i'll make sure that i don't you know go down this route well oh i'll i'll use i won't use this this ammo type anymore because it's it's not doing enough damage to that guy's armor or something like that so i think it's worth knowing that there's a big there's a big learning curve and i think some people get on with games like that really well they really like the challenge of learning a new game with loads of stuff to learn and loads of information and loads of different mechanics and some people don't. Doesn't sound like my kind of game. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's yeah. not your you thing at all, people? mate. Can you shoot people in your back, your teammates? That's the most important. Yes. There we go. I'll come and join there you. Is, that is, that is yeah. another thing. There is friendly fire. And 
There's no heads-up display, so if you're in a team, you have to be on point with your call-outs. There is so much friendly fire that can go on. I can imagine that causes loads of arguments. So, Ben, what's your song for the month? Screw it, I'll just pick Simmer. Here it is.
So I have thought long and hard for about five minutes about what I'm going to talk about. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do the game first because uh, it's mm. the most, well, is it the most weeby of the three? Probably, maybe. Anyway, I don't play many big AAA games anymore. <laughs> None of them really interest me, to be honest. I look at like the Steam latest releases and I'm just like, oh, God, what is all this? <laughs> Spin, what, is, like... what is like what is like the biggest triple a game that's come out like recently planet zoo is it it <laughs> can't be it can't be right there's got to be something oh, no, that's it's january out recently. Isn't it, mate? all the games came out in like... yeah i guess i guess yeah all the guests call, came of call of duty maybe? call of duty i don't know maybe we just Warcraft three came out reforged but that's not really triple a is it uh, anyway i don't play that <laughs> i'm not i'm not some <laughs> mainstream sheep <laughs> <laughs> well there you, go. there you go there's the quote of the podcast <laughs> that's the podcast name sorted mainstream sheep yeah i don't play the the latest you know most watched on twitch like ben <laughs> yeah so a game that i've right. been wanting to play for ages um but haven't because of reasons it... i've heard of it no you no, no, nobody sure? that listens to this podcast <laughs> will have heard of it. As as you all know, I, I'm I'm quite fond of visual novels. I think they're a really great way of telling a story, and also You're a bit of a hiatus as well. I did. Haven't I did. You? You haven't played. One haven't been able to yeah. play one in around about three years. But yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so recently yeah. I've been able to start playing them again, get back into them, and one that I'd really wanted to play. Um, it was by the developers. I've probably talked about these games before. But it was the developers of the Sunrider games, which I think I talked to you about, Ben. I think you might have tried yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did try yeah. it, but it was actually quite good. Yeah. So the Sunrider games were like, I would say, the mass effect of visual novels uh, in a way. It was kind of a similar setting. But basically, the general kind of structure of these games is you have a bunch of uh, waifu potentials and you kind of go after one. But there's usually some kind of like storyline connecting the reasoning for that yeah. a lot and a lot of vision novels of course will be mainly story as well they'll be like you know that you have the games like honey pop which are definitely not mainly story and then uh you have <laughs> you have games like this that are kind of very story focused but the waifu picking is also like a a, a thing in it anyway it's called shining song star nova it's developed um oh, by yes. the guys who did uh, the uh, the arcadia Mask of Arcadia games. Mask of Arcadius? I don't know. It's been so long since I've played them. The first Mark of Arcadius game is free to play on Steam if you are interested in trying it. And it will literally run on a potato, so you have no excuse. Gonna, Brilliant. Potato that. power. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to try that as well. Is it, uh, will it fuse anything if I plug something into a potato? Well, we, we've, we learned in Portal 2 that it was possible, so... Uh, you know. Yeah, it <laughs> conducts electricity. Yeah. Anyway, the, the the kind of story of this game is kind of like focused on kind of the the Japanese idol scene. So you know those big idol groups like Girls' yeah, Generation, yeah. things like that. And the, the, basically, all these girls have kind of come from other groups or have tried and failed to be idols before. And you've kind of got a group of like, you know, second-hand idols to try and make this new supergroup with. And it delves really deeply into kind of the, the life style behind the, the kind of facade of the public facing facade of kind of these idol groups. And it's actually quite deep in that it goes into, you know, things like how much pressure they're under, what they have to do to kind of make it in the business, that kind of thing, which is quite interesting, I think, for a visual novel to be kind of 
that kind of deep into it. With these um with these sort of games, even even just like JRPGs and stuff, there's all they, I always find that they they do really ha- they they actually do handle some deep issues quite well. Yeah, yeah, like one of the and then sorry. and then in the next scene there'll just be some fucking crazy like half cat half <laughs> tortoise yeah, or something yeah. like just usually through, usually cooking a... as well. <laughs> this is how you get your recipes. Yeah. You can add edit extra strength <laughs> by cooking a mushroom yeah. with a picture frame. Oh, brilliant! We do so, that. Yeah, yeah so one of the best um, free visual novels. Uh, Katawa Shujo um, deals with like um, disabilities and things like that. So all yeah. the girls have various disabilities and things, and he kind of does, you know, you kind of learn more about them and how they kind of how they kind of manage with their with their disabilities and things. It's really good. I definitely recommend that. Anyway, back to this one. <laughs> so I tend to go like in these kind of games, there is there definitely archetypes for the different characters, right? Uh, and I'm going to sound like a real <laughs> real weeb now, but things like we all know it yeah, anyway. So. Things like Sundere, Yandere, and basically, you know, it's kind of like the different character um, types. So like the the preppy kind of flirty girl, the crazy girl, the angry girl that doesn't want you anywhere near her, that, that kind of thing, right? I feel like I'm trying to justify my choice of game by like <laughs> including all of these, you know, deep things. Anyway, the... Um... Talk crazy <laughs> people, yeah, go on, keep on going. But yeah, there's different archetypes. And there's a bunch of different characters in this game, and it's not so. And you have choices essentially. So your you, the story you get is going to be different from the story somebody else gets, for example. Uh, and you play a common route for like the first I don't know five hours or so, where it's everyone, and you know you're kind of getting into the world and learning the story. And then most times you kind of choose one girl to focus on, and then you kind of get to to know her story a bit more. So I chose uh, Nemu who is the Yandere archetype. And what that basically means is that she's insane. Uh, you know, this kind of archetype is like, I know they're all polite and friendly in person, but they have flashes of this kind of dark side to them. Yeah. And the storyline, the storyline kind of was basically that her mother was in a, a kind of, a, a, was, was kind of mentally unwell and that she tried to kill her daughter, but that she remembered it as that somebody had tried to kill her mum. And every time that she remembered it, it kind of made her snap a little bit in, inside. Uh, and so it was kind of having having effects. Her mother's illness was having effects on her as well. She'd obviously inherited it. And um, yeah, you kind of uh, help to work through those kind of issues. So she tries to like, because she thinks this whole conspiracy is happening and she tries to like kill the person behind it. And you kind of get there just in time to stop her as long as you've chosen the right options. And uh, mm. you kind of go and visit her mum and everything. And then at the final kind of concert that they're doing, her mum kind of has snapped because her mum always wanted to be an idol. And she kind of sees this girl on stage on her TV and she's like, doesn't realise it's her daughter. And she's like, she's stolen my, you know, she's stolen my position in the group. And she breaks out and tries to go and tries to go and get her and stuff. And you end up stopping that from happening. And it's like, I don't know, it's really deep. Like a lot of these visual novels are very kind of like, you know, flesh wounds, so to speak. But this yeah. one really yeah. kind of went kind of deep into the kind of the lifestyle of idols and how it can the pressure can get to people and how everyone has their own story behind the facade which i found just really good 
Does the, it deal with, um, it sounds like it deals with mental health issues as well. Yeah, so this girl's route in particular yeah. deals with kind of um, mental health issues and what can happen if those issues yeah. aren't addressed, you know, because the mum was kind of put into a, into a, into a, like a mental hospital, but nobody ever really thought about right. what was going to happen to the daughter, you know. So, yeah, it was kind of really interesting. And a lot of visual novels do this kind of like twist that you wouldn't expect, like Doki Doki Literature Club is a game you might have heard of last year, but it kind of... It kind of, um, you know, it, kind of, it just popped up on Steam for free and it just looked like mm. this, you know, classic kind of cute girls visual novel. But it's actually a really, like, a horror game. I have not played it, but apparently it's really good. <laughs> Too spooky. Like, uh, yeah. What's it called? Toka Toka Literature Doki Club. Doki Doki Literature Club. Hokey Doki. Right. Doki Doki Literature Club. Brilliant. Have you, okay. um, so. Have you ever played any of those other games, Will? Because I feel like I feel like you would probably enjoy them, like the games like Her Story. I have Her Story. And... Yeah, I do have that on my Steam. Yeah, but I have not played it. It's in my endless backlog of. Well, those interactive, like those interactive, like almost film mm, games. Mm, they... I think I, I I remember like you you're you're sort of into these like you used to like Dear Esther as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Dear Esther. Which is a lot really of uh, God. Yeah, I remember you banging on about that you yeah. when it came out it's yeah. amazing they did firewatch as well oh. firewatch, was firewatch so is another good. one yeah like, i like these really story yeah. like story based games like, obviously story there is definitely one based. reason that many people play these visual novel games right <laughs> but they really do kind of delve into these 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 deep kind of issues and some of them have really good stories as well like there's one i'm playing now called mm. crystalline which is like uh, a normal human is sucked into a kind of fantasy type world and you're trying to solve the mystery of how that happened and you know it's very kind of story heavy like obviously it's a lot of reading and some of them are voiced in Japanese some of them are voiced in English some of them aren't voiced at all but uh, yeah I always it's just uh, one of my favourite genres and that game I've been wanting to play it for so long and uh, yeah I've only done that one route obviously you can save at the point where you have to choose who you're going to move forward with so you can does it have multiple um text options when you're doing your discussions and no. that well sometimes so this one's a little bit more static than others um in that the first six hours you really don't pick anything <laughs> because it's just kind of going through right. the story with you but when but you obviously have to pick who you who you want to kind of move forward with and then you do have mm. a, more more kind of choices for your for your responses and things um a lot of like some it, games will have a lot more than that does it feel like you're actually getting a choice or is it more like an illusion of choice thing this one like again the first six hours is kind of the illusion of choice because it has to set the yeah story. once you've chosen okay once you've chosen your girl that then you know you then have to go back to to to, to kind of and there's a good end and a bad go, bad end for each girl so i obviously got the good end but for the bad end she would have ended up killing me i think uh, is the uh, is, is the is the bad end? Oh well. Yeah, she. It's like being on a podcast with you. She uh, apparently <laughs> becomes violent towards the other band members, uh, crippling one of her band members and murdering the other two. Wow. So it, wow. Yeah. Crazy bitch. Yeah. That is that is that takes it a very far into the rabbit hole doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah. Jeez. but yeah there's always a good end yeah. and a bad end that you can generally get in these games yeah they definitely get a bit of a bad rep i mean for like you yeah, said to the you know it's anime kind for, of weeby yeah but i think when you understand that actually there is 
They're a good one you know. to be found out. Like, obviously, they're the ones that pop up on Steam for like yeah. 79 pence that you can be assured will be garbage. But, you know, yeah. when you start spending a little more money. But then Doki Doki Literature Club and Cat of Shuja are both free, and they're amazing, like, visual novels. So, like, Doki Doki Literature Club was a big, like, a big thing last year. And a lot of people say that was, like, my first visual novel, and now I kind of, you know, now I want more of it. Because mm-hmm. it, I think it kind of surprised well, people because it wasn't expected to be a horror. Like, it, it had mm-hmm. no, like, Nobody knew that it was going to, like, nothing on the store page said it was going to be a horror. It just kind of takes a twist in the middle and, yeah, kind of goes from there. Well, the thing is that that is quite, that's quite cool. The fact that it twists in it and if people aren't expecting mm. it, it's quite cool that all of a sudden they're thrown into this different genre of type of story game that they weren't expecting. Yeah. That's quite that's quite right. cool. Um, on to my TV show. I am going to stick with what I was originally going to talk about because I think it's <laughs> better to, to wait for Doctor Who until we yeah. get the endings of the season. Yes. We can definitely kind of deep delve yes. into it because it has been yeah. insane so far. It has. Um, yeah. So sticking with the weeaboo theme, I have been watching probably one of the most well-known animes in the world, uh, Sword Art Online. No? Okay. No, lost me. <laughs> no, I, when no. you said anime, I was thinking, what? I know. Ruby. Yeah, I was thinking. Ruby. I need to catch up with One Ruby. Punch Man. Does that, does that count? That does, that does count. I was thinking the Pokemon TV show, actually. <laughs> Avatar. Yeah. yeah. So I am very early into this series. Um, like, literally, maybe like 10 episodes, and there's a lot of it. But, um, yeah, the basic. It's, it's based on a manga. But the um the basic premise is that this big new video game comes out, and everyone's it's a virtual reality video game, and everyone goes crazy about it, and so the the you know the first day of the game rolls around, everyone pops on their headsets, and everyone's so excited uh, to play it, and they're having a great time, but when they try and log out, they find that they can't, they're stuck mm. in the game, uh and the, the the creator of the game is some evil genius who has managed to kind of figure this out and if they such a mind yeah, and if they die in the game they die in real life it's bloody jumanji, <laughs> it's jumanji. it is and there's another one as well <laughs> existence and what's the other one as well there's another film where that does happen yeah there is i can't yeah I, this came out in 2002 so i don't know anyway it's not a jungle that they go into it's a, it's a kind of a fantasy rpg world yeah right uh and it's just really interesting to see how these characters kind of like time does move seem quite fast in the anime like two episodes in and it's been like two months and then you get to episode seven it's been two years but i guess they've got to move the passage of time and so to get out of the game essentially they have to reach level 100 and each each level is like a floor in the game Mm -hmm. so they have to kind of clear the floor and then find the, the the boss room beat the boss and then they can access the next floor right and it's just so interesting like i think the concept of it is really interesting which i guess is what kept me with it um yeah. but yeah i think the characters the characters are really interesting as well and it's just uh i don't know it's just it's just really cute like I, most animes are quite cute but it has like a really kind of like you know a feel yeah, good kind of feel good factor, feel, like, factor. Yeah. in each episode there's this kind of like you know they're either trying to get out of the game figure out you know why did this ma- madman do this you know and uh th- things yeah. like that 
and uh, yeah, there's little subplots in the game. Like the, the the game has like these safe zones where nobody in the, in the movie, sorry, there's this in the TV show. <laughs> there's there uh, there's me. safe zones where nobody can be killed, um, but somebody gets murdered in the safe zone, and everyone's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. you know, if they can get murdered, mm-hmm. then we're not safe anywhere. And then like there's just these different like, <laughs> guilds that kind of go on the front line to try and like you know move up and and get out because I think I think the idea is that if one person gets out it kind of ends the game for everybody. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm only on episode ten and obviously you've got the love interest of the, of the main character, uh, things like that. But uh, but yeah, it's just really fun and you kind of really get into it. It's kind of slowed down at the minute because the love interest and the main character have fallen in love and they've decided we don't want to do this anymore we just want to live our lives you know like, <laughs> do you do you want to live your lives just, just real life there that's you yeah. know yeah they won't they won't just... live their lives but uh you know it's obviously just a little bit of a... but yeah it's just like well, interesting no. how some of the some of the people that are playing decide right this is it now you know it's been a certain amount of time we're not getting out we might as well just just you know go at it and make make our life here some people are exclusively just like right we've got to get out you know get out of the game and yeah it's just really interesting the dynamics of the guilds and like some people try and go at rogue there's there's a guild that uh, like the player killers so they just uh, their thing is that they'll just go and try and kill people yeah. you know interesting you got to, like to try yeah, and... is it on cool. normal what's oh, it on, on Netflix. Oh, yeah, is it? Okay, Netflix cool. First kind of... It sounds like a cool, cool idea. Yeah, definitely, it definitely yeah. is an interesting idea, and it kind of like yeah. makes you wonder how you would react in that kind of situation, you know? Yeah. Like if you're stuck in a game, like it, obviously it'd be really cool for the first part, but then that's it. And obviously everyone's leveling up their skills and things so they can cook, and you know, it's it's, it's very much a kind of RPG mechanics. Mm. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many anime series there are. Three. How long is it still going? Is they still making new stuff? Yes, the last the last season premiered last year and is continuing into 2020. The first season was 2014 of the show, but the the, the manga came out in um, 2002. So it took a while to be adapted, but uh, yeah, and there's lots of games as well. Obviously, it's kind of a good setting to make a video game out of, but uh, yeah, lots of games about it as well. So yeah, fun times. Oh well, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go and check it out on Netflix. That. Go and check it out. Season one's on yeah. Netflix. Twenty-five episodes. 25 how many season two season two has 24 and then season three has 47 jesus so far <laughs> so that's nearly 100 episodes yeah. then or is it yeah but, uh, yeah a lot of people don't like it because it's wow. quite generic for an anime i guess it's, you know it has its generic anime anime tropes but uh you know i still think it's good what that's exactly what Netflix was designed for to get lost in a TV show exactly. that you've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what you want to do. There we go. So right then, yeah. and ending out the weeb section of the podcast, <laughs> my the weeb. Yeah, Jamie, that's what that's what we're called, weeboos. Weeboos, <laughs> why? Nanny. Nanny. Uh, is this Nanny like? Is this like? Is this like being a gummy bear or something? 
<laughs> Whoa, what's this? A weeboo. Uh, I'll send you a picture later, J-Mo, of what a weeboo's room is. Please, I, I, am, I am now perplexed <laughs> now. I'm going to have to go and find out what a weeboo is. Yeah, we don't do it right like, J-Mo. <laughs> we don't do it. It's it like, um, do we have to feed you at certain times? Do you like a Tamagotchi? No, I, uh, I, I like a Tamagotchi, yeah. I have to feed him anime. <laughs> I live on an exclusive diet of uh, Mountain Dew and body pillows. <laughs> really? Wow, check yeah. that out. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I was lucky enough this month. You were. I was. It was insane to go and see Hatsune Miku live at the uh, O2 Academy in Brixton, which is a fucking shithole of an area. The venue itself is nice. Oh, I love that venue. The venue, I love the venue is lovely. Academy. The venue is great, but yeah. God. Vixen's all about the life the life life and soul of South London (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I saw someone get mugged across the street (laughs) but anyway I got there about 6 o'clock at night 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock which was a mistake um, because I was too late and the queue was um, you know around two two blocks yeah did you have to go down the um did you have to queue all the way down the alleyway so down the, queue the side? started at the alleyway and then yeah. snaked around, around the back of the, the academy, all the way around, and then yep. further down onto the main road, all the way. It was, and there were people still arriving. Um, so God knows where it ended when I when it, when the show opened. Yep. But man, it was crazy. It does go. And yeah. obviously, the best thing is to go to the pub. <laughs> there was a meetup at the pub. Uh, I think afterwards. So, but I was like, no, I'm getting out of this area of London right now. I'm going back to Hyde Park. <laughs> oh, the safe area, safe oh, zone. Lovely, but uh, yes. So I'm, I'm in the queue, and I'm by myself. Obviously, Ben doesn't like Miku, so I couldn't bring him. I couldn't drag him with me. I'm sure he would have come oh, out he, he, him, but like... he, he, he probably would have tried if he. <laughs> if I bought your ticket, it looked amazing from the pictures. Yeah. I saw a picture come up that you posted on Twitter and it looked amazing. It was crazy. So kind of the pro- the problem with the queue was had I been earlier or later I might have been in the middle of people that I could actually, you know, talk to. Cuz there there are, you know, people in their late 20s there obviously. However, in the queue I was sandwiched between two uh young lads who are probably, you know, about 16 and then three girls behind me who were probably about 12 years old each. Right, so I was just like, I'm just gonna have to stand here and be bored. I was typing in the, I was typing in the Hatsune Miku Discord. I was like, it's lonely in the queue, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, I'm a weeboo. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna talk to these people. (laughs) Please take me away. Are they weeboos as well? Yeah, three girls are in cosplay, so there was a lot of cosplay going on at that show, which is quite cool to see all the Mikus and you know all the different characters. Very cool. Um, but yes, I eventually got in nice and warm, finally. And I quite like how Brixton Academy's floor is, like, slanted so that I can still see, even though I'm, like, two foot tall, which is nice. Got myself a beer, which I then regretted because I had to hold the bottle for the whole show. But uh, yes, and so I'm sitting, I'm standing there. My leg's still, my leg's quite hurt at this point because I've been standing for about mm. three hours. Um, but then, you know everyone's chanting for Miku to come out and uh, the lights go down and there she is in the flesh in the the flesh flesh. on the screen screen. Hatsune Miku 
and everyone just went crazy. Like, I've been to concerts before, and I don't think I've been to one where the crowd was as energised as it was. Mm. You know, when everyone knows the words and things, right? It's just a good time. And these two really tall guys in front kind of made a little window so that all of us short people behind could see, which is very kind of them. <laughs> and yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Miku Expo is where she kind of does mainly kind of the, the hits, I guess. It's like her greatest hits version of, of the different tours that she does. And I'm, I'm going to admit, guys, I cried <laughs> when she did <laughs> kind of my favourite song. And I'm singing along. And there's obviously there's the other there's the other vocaloids as well. So there's like four other vocaloids as well. Three, three, three girls. Three girls and two guys, so that's five. Um, but two of them are like a duo. And it was just like, and you know how, like, how long do most concerts would you say typically would last? Just the headline kind of act. Oh, it depends. How about two and a half, three hours if they've got lots of hits. Oh, three hours, Jamie. That's crazy. I thought two hours was long. But anyway, she sang for about two hours, and it's like you know, no one gets a break because she doesn't need a break because she's not there, you know. <laughs> and does she, does she come out even. and do an? Does she come out and do an encore she afterwards? Does. So you think she, she does? does. Do okay, that's... And obviously there, there are live instruments being played. So there's band members, and they do a band member introduction as well. So it's not just you know their their music is live. And yeah, these 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 kind of like you know guitarists and drummers and stuff just knock it out for two hours straight. Uh, that was pretty impressive to me. I was like, fucking hell, they must be tired. Because normally, you know, there'd be a little yeah. bit of a break for a costume change or something like that. None of that here. And she did... She, uh, she, uh, huh? I'm looking at images at the moment of it. It looks like gorillas. Yeah, I guess it would be similar to how that that must work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, like, you know, everyone has their favourite character, so the volume level kind of goes up and down. And everyone has glow sticks as well, so the, the glow stick colour changes depending on what vocaloid is on the screen i mean it really just like obviously you know live gigs are special anyway but it really just felt like you know you're in this kind of church of vocaloid and everyone's you know worshipping the same thing <laughs> yeah it was great and um and the best thing about it will the best thing about it i don't know was that it was on your birthday um, of course it was on my birthday oh yes, there you it was go on, birthday, on your birthday so, yes, it was it was great and uh yeah Oh, I don't know, just just really fun times, and uh, yeah, I always wanted to see to see her live, and it was yeah. like you know she's there in front of me, <laughs> and it was fucking on your birthday. It's like birthday. what? And she does this really cute little bit where she comes out and speaks in English, like she's just like hello London and things like that, and I was like oh god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so how much did the um, voice actor get paid for that? So it's not a voice actor, Jamo. It's a uh, it's like a a program that uh, you use on your computer and you kind of type in the words and she <laughs> sings them which is great because it's like what? anyone can write yeah. a song for it anyone can be you know a vocaloid music producer you can be hatsune miku <laughs> you can be hatsune miku wow can you imagine that considering some of the stuff i put in the chat sometimes <laughs> on here oh yeah I don't, I don't think it would go down very well, do you? But yeah, like, it's, so all the songs that she does are like, so it'll say the artist, the song name, and then it'll be featuring Hatsune Miku, you know? So she wow. just sings it, and they, they obviously bring it to life. So yeah, that I, th I think it is one of those things in music that's like, yeah, anyone can make a song for Miku. You know, Crowd-funded music almost. Great. 
I'm trying, that's quite a cool concept though so how if you were to write a song for Hatsu Miku would you get like royalty payments from every time she performs it at one of I these gigs I don't know how that works um, let me see if I just pop onto the website yeah so it's a vocal synthesizer essentially is, is how they describe right. it yeah so it has a creative commons license I guess kind of thing so I think they do retain the rights but then I guess you agree to that they must pay you for something if, if, so, if, it, if it gets to the concerts yeah, or the games yeah. or something. They must do, mustn't they? Yeah. <clears throat> it's a unique concept. It's, you know, obviously nowadays having something, any gig, any sort of music thing, to ha- you need to have something that makes you stand mm. out, makes you different. You know, because obviously, do they introduce the members of the band actually on the yeah, stage Yeah, so in as the middle well? of the concert, essentially. I guess that is the break, yeah. but not really for them. But uh, yeah, they, mm. they, 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 it comes up on the screen because it does act as like a normal screen as well. And there's lots of like, you know, right. particle effects and like, you know, special effects and mm. things. Um, but yeah, it does it introduces them on the screen and then you get the spotlight on them doing a little solo and things like that. <clears throat> so, yeah, that, that is, is it's very well, well, well designed. Uh, and yeah, the, the encore is like crazy because it is her biggest song. So people just went mental when uh, when it happened yeah really great which is so like with regards how much was it for a ticket for one of these events okay that's standard well that's yeah that's about the standard for that type Mm. of act and like you know she's definitely kind of getting bigger and bigger like she's uh she's at coachella this year the festival that you may have heard Mm. of she's uh, she's doing that this year as well so oh coachella's huge yeah it's (laughs) i think Run by Perry Farrell of um, Jane's Addiction, or he's got something to do with it on the organisation mm. side. So, but it's been going for years. That's big. Yeah. If it's going to be at Coachella, so, but how are they going to do it? Because obviously, are they going to put big screens up on stage to? So, yeah. Because they have to do it at night as well, don't uh, they? It they probably can't do would it be at night, night, yeah, or it'd be an indoor tent or something. So yeah, it's like a big. It's oh, like the a tent. Big, um, yeah, it's like yeah. a big, It is like a screen, but it's like a see-through. The screen is obviously see-through. You know, it's not like yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can obviously see the screen, but it doesn't really detract. And it's a you know the 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 the, the, the gigs here are kind of a bit more kind of low-key. But if you look at the gigs in in Japan, for example, they are absolutely huge. Like they sell out the biggest stadiums there for these shows. It is crazy. Like Brixton Academy is not not a massive venue, but uh, yeah, like some some of them are like crazy. But it was very cool. But I suppose I suppose for them though to actually be playing Brixton Academy that is quite a big thing in this country because Brixton is it's a legendary venue. Yeah. You know, that's a I can't remember how many is. I think it's it can't be twenty thousand. It's it's quite a lot. It's bigger than Hammersmith. Mm. It's bigger than um, the Roundhouse. So yeah, and it was it was you sold know, out been... too. It was absolutely sold out. It was packed. It packed in there. Mm. It just smelled like Lynx Africa as soon as I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> where were where did you stand? Were you in the um? Did you stand sort of to the right or the left of the main bit, or did you go right down to no, the front? No, I couldn't. So the front is a VIP. So for Hatsune Miku, the very front is a VIP section, which you have to pay more for, uh, obviously, because people right. want to be closer. Um, so I was kind of like mm. towards the middle, I would say, on the kind of left-hand side. Not not like more the middle than the left-hand side, because I just kind of got in and just went 
straight. <laughs> I was like, well, does it? Do they have mosh pits? <laughs> Not for Miku, Jmo. No, but you are likely to they get clubbed over the head. Glow stick you are likely to get clubbed over the head with a glow stick. Someone kept. I had my coat on. That would be. And fun. someone kept like, yeah. lifting up yeah. my hood by accident with their glow stick, and I was like, it's getting a bit annoying now. And I was like, you. You were in the mosh pit. Like, that was you were like kind of you like sardined in so you have to have your glow stick held up all well, the time kind of, you kind of if it that could like, be awkward like, if you've got it in the wrong yeah, position you're like shaking it around like to the to the beat i guess <laughs> yeah yeah the guy next to me was like half-heartedly i don't know why he even bought it because he wasn't he didn't have it really up he was like you know with his, like just had his little hand in like eh, yeah i guess so and then oh, it was really funny yeah. there were these two guys uh obviously a couple and one guy had obviously kind of dragged his boyfriend to go and uh you know he was getting really into it he's getting really into it and he kept turning around to his boyfriend he's like this is insane and the guy was like yeah yeah and as soon as he turned around again his face would just go dead inside like what have i gotten myself into <laughs> i thought i was going to a proper gig <laughs> instead of <laughs> oh it's funny Yes, so it was great, uh, and I guess next up uh, in February, baby metal. So that'll be what probably what I talk about. Baby, see, that's the one that I'm excited that you're going to. Baby metal, they yeah, are brilliant. Because I've been in the for that, I'll get murdered. Uh, see, whereabouts is that happening? Apollo. Oh yeah, so it's it's smaller than um, it's it's the area is much tidier than Brixton. <laughs> no, I think. For, <laughs> Your stature, yes, I think, right. yes. You won't be going into any of these South London <laughs> areas, you know. Oh, well, I would I would pay good money to, to get video footage of you in a mosh pit. Oh, I would as well. Oh, God. Would, that would be oh. hilarious. I think that would be, there would be some screaming in there for me. Oh. 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 I've, I've actually got this seen. mental image in my head, and it's really making me want to just burst Definitely out laughing. I remember Reading Festival one year. I was in a mosh pit for a band called Municipal Waste in the um, in the lockup stage. And my mate's all on the outside, and I was like, right, I'm going in the mosh pit. And it was this massive circle pit, yeah? And I'm going round, and there's this guy dressed up as Santa, and then there's this other guy just completely decided to just strip <laughs> off, yeah? So I've gone in there for a few songs, and it was getting fucking crazy. Smoke, yeah. No, I came out of the mosh pit, and then a couple of seconds later, the guy behind me came out, and his nose was completely gushing with blood uh, and i was like jesus by like he was right behind me for like and i'm thinking i hope that wasn't me <laughs> yeah. but obviously, oh, yeah it wasn't oh, i was thinking oh, jesus what did i do but it wasn't it wasn't at all there was a guy behind it wasn't the guy dressed up as santa but there's someone else that came careering across the pit and caught him on the face on the nose and he was just blood just streaming out of this guy and I was just like, wow, yeah, I was so lucky. For me. I could have got caught. Yeah, apparently, but... uh, You'd love a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would, J-Mo. You know, something inside me just knows. <laughs> to be honest, most of them are quite well controlled nowadays. I think it's it's not like the old days being well, in a I pit. Know... You know, I've been in a pit for the Prodigy. The Prodigy used to be hairy. I metal the... does create a... What do they call it? Like a death wall or something? So she opens her hands and like oh, makes people yes. go to one side, and then they all run towards each other like yeah. maniacs. Yeah, 
yeah, I've been in yeah, red, I've been in one of them at <laughs> Reading Festival as well. It's it looks amazing. Well, when you're in it, you just yeah, like, I'm sure I'll, I'm yeah, sure I'll enjoy it from up in my seat. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice yeah. and safe. Right. So that's mine and um my song for this week it's a song called Miku. Uh <laughs> Whoa. You're kidding. Is it, is it by? So it's uh, it's by Hatsune Miku. <laughs> Miku. Yes. And it was my favourite song at the live event. So here it is. Thank you. 
You're all right, Jamo. You're up next. The last one. Whoa. 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 We've got some big hitters. So, hello, people. It's my turn. Hello, Jamo. We've gone from Tarkov to Doki Doki Literature, (laughs) and now we're coming to the real world again. Let's bring it all back again. So, I'm starting with the film, and... The film we watched Aww. it on Saturday night. We watched um 1917. I really want to see oh. this. Wow. I mean, yeah. the I mean everything that you've heard about this film, it's Which pretty is much lot. spot on. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> quite. It shows the horrors of war. The way it's filmed is breathtaking, and there's a, because it's filmed in a clever way, like it's almost done on a one shot type shot. way. Of, yeah. But the way they sort of cut between scenes, they showed how they did it on um, TV the other week. They showed sort of how they used clever techniques to still continue a long shot, but sort of cut between scenes. But because of the way it's filmed, you actually feel like you're there with mm. the, the main characters. Because um, the whole story of it, I think it's Sam Mendes who's made it, He's who's directed it. He's yeah. the guy that made um, Skyfall, but also American Beauty, I think it was, he did back in the day, and a few others. He's, you know, he's made some really, really good films. Yeah. Um, but basically, I think it's it's something like his granddad fought in World War One, and he passed on this story of how he had to go and do something. Um, and so Sam Mendes took that story and decided to actually turn it into a film. Yeah, because um, didn't, didn't 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 he say that it isn't it isn't based off a true story? It's like it's, he's he's heard loads of different stories and he's like and he's of incorporated all, it, incorporated yeah, them into, all into one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there is like um, a little footnote in the credits at the end mm. of of you know who's it's dedicated to and yeah. everything. Um, it's a it's an astonishing war film. I mean, I come from. I mean, this comes from someone who was, I wasn't exactly, I didn't think Dunkirk was mind-blowingly great as a war film. You know, I I do like war films, but obviously there's some that I think just don't get stuck into it enough. And then there's some that don't hit you as hard because you can almost predict where the beats are in the film Mm. because of what they're trying to portray. And this one, it's a very tense movie watching experience mm. there's an atmosphere to it um it's particularly the first hour or so because you really don't know what's going to happen so the way that when they're set off with the mission that they've got to do because they're only tr- i mean i suppose in in essence of where they've got to get to they're not traveling that far but it's all on foot mm. and obviously it's no spoilers to say that obviously it's set in world war one so they are in the trenches um but the way they portray the the war fields that they have to travel across Mm -hmm. is very well done it does show like the horrors of war but it's not a gory film that's what i've heard people say it's like they've stated like the there's horrors of war but it's like they don't show it on screen it's more like it's just there sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. exactly that's how you would describe yeah. it it's there yeah. and that's why it's such a 
I think that's why it has more of an effect because yeah. then you build up the story of what happened. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very you know clever. there's it is very clever and there's moments where because of the tension and because you don't know what's happening, it does feel like a horror movie at times. You know, mm. it's very weird to talk about it like a horror movie, but it does feel like that. I mean, obviously there's some bits where all of a sudden things happen that you're not expecting. And it is, it does have unexpected moments in it mm. as well. Um, the scene, you know, obviously you've seen a lot of the scenes in the trailers and there's some scenes in those trailers that when they're actually played out the whole scene, they're breathtaking. Mm. They are absolute. Um, it's a, it's an amazing film. I mean, in terms of war films, I think it's probably one of the best of the. I was going to ask you where. You, I was going to ask you yeah. where you rank it. Yeah. I don't think films. it's as good. As, I mean, it's because it's World War One, so there's not really been that many World War One mm. films. It's always World War Two or Vietnam, and I suppose in terms of World War One films, I can't remember a World War One film that was as good as this one. Mm. But then when we come to like World War Two and everyone goes saving Private Ryan, um, you know, I think it's I don't think it's as good as saving Private Ryan. But then on the other side of things, saving Private Ryan was more of a big blockbuster film. This doesn't yeah. feel like a big blockbuster. Yeah, it's very I think it's very cleverly made. Very I think sort it's, of personal story like yeah. you, you're mainly following these two guys, aren't you? Yeah, they're two youngsters. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that the film starts is a mirror image of the, where the film ends mm. um, without giving anything away. Um, it's a, let's, I think if if you want to go and watch a World War One film, you, I don't think you'll find the better one um, for a long time anyway. I hope, I do hope that this doesn't mean that now everyone's going to get on board and make loads of world war one films yeah. because you know what happens when one comes out it it sort of defines a genre and then mm. everyone starts to make them yeah. i mean there's so many stories to be told but i think this one does it with a bit of class as well but it's very yes. clever filmmaking um yeah i thought it was fantastic Absolutely there needs to be, fantastic. When, when you when you tackle these subjects you need to be doing it with respect and if you're just churning them out then yeah it is and that's what got from it as well because you don't feel when the film ends you don't feel euphoric because you you just think oh you're almost relieved you know because obviously you're relieved but you come out saying that's a fantastic film but you're Mm. relieved that you've got to the end of it yeah yeah you know, without I go what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I go what you mean. And you obviously you do feel and there's there's moments in there that are quite shocking. Yeah. Um but it's because of the way it's filmed as well and the unexpected moments. So yeah, highly recommended nineteen seventeen. Mm. Really, really recommend it. Um awesome. you know, my wife really enjoyed it as well and she doesn't really sit through these types of films, but she was she was completely um there. You know, she it wasn't it wasn't on her list of films to see, let's mm. say. But then I you know, I suggested let's see it. And yeah, she she said okay. And yeah, you know, like she wouldn't come to the cinema and see Avengers Endgame for anything. Although she <laughs> did come to see Rise of Skywalker with us, you know. 
So, and she loves Guardians of the Galaxy, but she wouldn't go and see the Avengers films because they're too mm. long. You know, things like that. You know, there's certain films she sees, certain, but yeah, it's, and the other thing as well, although it's two guys, I wouldn't say it's a very male orientated film. Mm. I think, you know, I think if you go and watch it, if you watch it with your other half, they get something from it as well because it tells us, you know, we've all had relatives who have been in wars if you're of a certain generation um, without meandering on. (laughs) Um, But there's still still stories to be told that are now sadly being lost because that generation is passing away. So these stories have to be carried on in some way and filmmaking is the best way for it to be seen. And also touch people. Um, yeah. So that was 1917. And as I say, it's fantastic. It's well yeah, worth it. I really, it. really want to see it. Yeah, it's well worth it. It's, it's, you know, you won't, I think of the, it's an event film. Whereas Dunkirk, obviously, it, Dunkirk came out midway through the summer blockbuster. So it was designed as a blockbuster. Whereas yeah. this is a real talking point film. Yeah which is very different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, I think I'll do my game as well. So before Christmas, um, I got a little bit of a, I'd say a small bonus from work. So most of it went on Christmas presents and stuff like that. However, I did treat myself to something that I've wanted for such a long time. Um, I, well, since they came out, I brought myself a little Neo Geo Mini International. <laughs> with some controllers um obviously i didn't buy a mega drive mini although i did want one i didn't buy a snes mini and an or an nes mini because all those games were on the switch with the online yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so i fought against it so yeah i brought a um i bought a mega a neo geo mini christmas present to yourself (laughs) yep happy christmas with a couple of controllers (laughs) yeah um I love it. I think it's a fantastic little retro console. It's got 40 games on it. Obviously, the Neo Geo back in the day, without dwelling on it, it was around the same time as the SNES and the Mega Drive, but it had arcade-perfect games, and it was a much higher price point console. So you couldn't afford, you know, unless you had a spare £400 going, you couldn't really afford a Neo Geo. And then the games themselves, you're looking at about £100 for a cartridge. So hence, to have it in a mini form with 40 of those games on, it's quite unique. And still, at this moment, they don't produce loads and loads of... They do do reskins of consoles, but they're, you know, they're quite pricey still. They did a um, Neo Geo console a couple of years ago which had 20 games on it, but it turned out to be like like a portable handheld device yeah. that you could plug in. Whereas this one's done like a little arcade cabinet. Um, it's it's really nice screen on it. Um, you do have to, you can plug it into a TV, but you do have to buy a special um, mini HDMI cable to do it, um, which you can pick up on eBay for £5. So it's not setting you back that much. Or you can... They do have a special edition um, Samurai Showdown version, which has all the wires and leads in it. Um, but obviously, I bought the international version, so a few separate bits. Um, so, as I say, there's about 40 games on there. A lot of them are 
SNK fighting games. You've got the Samurai Showdown games on there. You've got a couple of Fatal Fury games on there. You've got a wrestling game called Three Count Bout, which I find really difficult. And then you've got, obviously, the Metal Slug games. You've got Super Slides. Metal Slug's brilliant. Like, there's six Metal Slugs games on there. And although they're pretty much reskins of the other, they all play so well. They're so much fun. Metal Slug always reminds me of going to a bowling alley and there being, like, a A Metal Slug machine. Yeah. I'd always go and play Metal Slug and I'd be terrible at it. (laughs) But it's fun. It's yeah. so much fun. You just run, shoot, pick up the pick yeah. em ups. Yeah. You know, there's um, Super Side Kicks, the football games on there, which is like the side on top down football game, which if you saw it, you'd remember it. Yeah. Um, strangely, there's no racing games on there, but there never were really many racing games for SNK. Um, but there's a couple of platformers like Magician Lord, there's a couple of side scrolling beat em ups. There's one called Sengoku 3, which is pretty phenomenal. I've never played it before. And it's like a samurai beat. A samurai version of Final Fight um, plays really well. And it looks really good as well still. So bearing in mind, a lot of the game, these games go back as 1992. But then you've got games that are like 2002 on there. So there's a nice broad thing. There's a lot of... Like I say, there's a lot of fighting games because that was what SNK and the Neo Geo did really well, fighting games. One in particular that I'm playing a lot of, which is King of the Fighters 98. Um, It's very, it's a team-based beat-em-up and all the characters come originally from the Fatal Fury games. There's about 30-odd characters you can choose from and you have a team of three, um, but obviously the characters, you don't tag them out. So when your character's defeated, that's it. The next character comes in and fights mm. or whatever. It plays like Street Fighter 2, but it's got a little bit more... Of, I think it's got a bit more fluidity to it. Um, and obviously it's in King of the Fighters 98. It was from 97, 98. So obviously it was all updated anyway from when Street Fighter 2 came out. But it's just a very addictive fighting game. I seem to be... Whenever I come in from work or when when my wife's got TV or, like, watching Love Island and stuff, <laughs> I've, so I built a little um, retro cave in my f- corner of our bedroom, which has my Mega Drive on it. You posted a Mega Drive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously a PS2, and then it's got the little Neo Geo Mini there. So I sort of take myself to that tiny area <laughs> of the bedroom. And I sit there and I I will play King of the Fighters 98 and I will just play it for like an hour or so at a time. And on the TV, not through the little cabinet, I will do it through the TV. Yeah. It's just really good. It's really, in terms of a fighting game, it's got your counters, it's got your blocks, it's got these special moves, which most of them are done the same movements as the Street Fighter 2 character movements. But it it controls in a way that it doesn't feel sloppy um and it's enjoyable and it it does everything so you can go in if you're a novice and you you feel like you're good at the game either though when you get further on you're going to get your ass whipped but then when you start to learn the game a little bit more you start to notice the little sort of skills that break out blocks or when you're in a corner being completely pummeled um 
you start to find different combinations or counterattacks and it's got like a power gauge and it's got it's got all your power gauges and count you get a choice of an extra move or an advanced move before you start the game advanced moves means that you do a special counter when you're being attacked and extra moves means that you've got more powerful attack at certain times um it's just a really really good 2d um fighting game and i know you can get it if you've got a neo geo or sorry if you've got a switch or you've got an xbox or a ps4 you can buy king of the fighters for about six pounds off the um storefront through the neo geo games things but it's just a really good fighting game and i was so surprised to be so addicted to it because it is an old game um but it still holds up to this day and i mean like i've played a lot of the samurai showdown games on it and the samurai showdown games like they are hard as nails well samurai (laughs) showdown 2 is hard as nails because it's all sword based but you're doing the same sort of counters and your blocks but there's no difficulty setting on samurai showdown 2 it has one difficulty and it sort of progresses as you go through and you really have to learn opponent's moves. It starts off simple, but man, that game is difficult, but it's good fun. It's still fun. If you play it multiplayer, it's good fun. Um, so yeah, I really, really like my, my Neo Geo mini. I'm sort of, I'm glad I got it. I'm, I'm quite tempted to get a Samurai showdown one cause it's got different games on it and their special editions. Um, but obviously they're a little bit pricier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm quite pleased with my Neo Geo Mini. I'm I'm really happy with it. I think um, in terms of the amount that you get on there, there's a lot of playability. And like obviously Liam's been playing it with me as well, so he's done a few of the fighting games and that. We just messed around on it. King of the Fo- King of the Monsters is the one that he seems to like. Where you just like trashing the cities whilst you're doing this big <laughs> mega galactic oh, wrestling game. King of the Monsters. It's great. It's a proper, oh, and you I could do it. I love that game. <laughs> it's Ben's good. Like King of the right Monsters. Yeah. Uh, King of the Monsters is really good monsters. fun. Yeah. Well, oh, King of the Monsters. Did you play King of the Monsters too? I can't. I I can't remember which one I played, but I just remember I played this game where you could either be a giant bug man. Yeah. Or like a giant like superhero <laughs> type guy. Yeah, or like there was a gorilla, which mm. is obviously meant to be King Kong, but it could be. And there's a dinosaur in it. There's a dinosaur, it's also Godzilla, but yeah. not Godzilla. Yeah. And yeah. I remember just going around you could pick up you could pick up taxis and police cars and throw yeah. them and fighter jets yeah. are coming down and fighter you could jets and, yeah. fighter yeah. jets chuck. You pin the opponents like you do in wrestling. Yeah. Um you've got electrical cables, you've got trains yeah. coming at you. Yeah. It's brilliant fun. I it's so much fun. It's an updated yeah. version as an arcade game. It was obvious for the new King yeah. Kong movie, obviously, but it was very similar to the old yeah. kind of those yeah. old games. Yeah. Well, they're, they're fun. I think that's the thing. Nowadays, we've got so many technically such advanced games, but you forget that some of them, you forget the one thing that makes a game good, fun. You just want to switch yeah. off for yeah. a couple of minutes. If you... You don't. Sometimes you don't have time to be immersed in a massive storyline, even though you want to. Um, 
So you just want to switch off. You don't want to have to think too much. You just want to have fun, which is what the core gaming of element, sorry, the element of gaming is to just have yeah. some fun. You know, yeah. enjoy it because it's three so much last year because it was very much like yeah. that. Oh um, yeah, Crackdown Three is a perfect example of like, and just a pure arcade yeah. experience. All that jumping around and getting the orbs, it's and you unlocking so new areas. Fun. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I enjoy those switch off games. I don't, you know, I can sit and I can sit and go back into Skyrim like I have done on the yeah. Switch. I've but been, then I've been doing that with my Switch as well. Like when I'm not feeling like being a hardcore, like sweaty, yeah. intense Escape from Tarkov player, I'm <laughs> yeah. sitting playing Stardew Valley on my on my Switch. I noticed you were yeah. playing Stardew yeah. Valley. Yeah. I saw you playing that. But yeah. the thing is, the Switch is very easy to do that on because you yeah. can just pick it up but yeah. that's what i found with this neo geo it's very easy to just go and just have fun and just have a few little games you yeah. know and the funny thing is when you show it to people and they're like oh my god i remember this game and like you just done with king of the monsters like mm. people suddenly oh, see the old games that exists yeah. It's brilliant. King of the Monsters 2 is even better. Oh, man. It goes into, a, like, a, it's like goes... King of the Monsters 2 is actually quite unique because it does the the battle like a big wrestling match in a city, but it's got sideward scrolling beat-em-up area to it as well. Yeah. So then you get to a sideward scrolling beat-em-up area, and then it stops in a main bit, and then you're in your big fight, and then you carry on going. It's very good. <coughs> yeah. Fuck. So... That's that's my little tweet. Very nice. Um, <laughs> it's well cool. It's so good. It's so much fun. Um, so going on to my last bit. So my album. It's I suppose with my tastes and the bands I listen to, it's probably quite a quite a predictable one. However, with the the guys and the album that I'm talking about, I have a very up and down likability of this band. So very similar to Catfish and the Bottlemen, um, but this band, the Cortinas, they've just released their new album, More Again Forever. So I've been listening to it constantly. Um, I think I said at the end of the Music of the Decade podcast, I think I was reeling off loads of names of bands that have actually got better. Um, Cortinas are one of them. I've sort of had this, for a while I had this love-hate, relationship with listening to their like their albums not so much their singles more their albums because i always felt their albums were a little bit lacking despite the fact that they're in manchester they are loved and adored they're huge in like in one city if one city defined a band cortinas and manchester at the moment they're huge in manchester but everywhere else around the country they're sort of like at a, a medium level as it were um, so they've released a new album and the first thing that strikes you when you listen to it is oh my god they've definitely upped their game on this you know it's a very different type of Cortina's album whereas a lot of the Cortina's albums you could level that they were very average indie albums or you know St. Jude is a really good album that's their debut album but since then the albums have sort of they're not consistent and they have quite a bit of filler stuff on there, which you can give or take. It could be anyone. 
but this album the great thing is they actually have it's like one of these albums where every band has to have an album that or every band that's going to be known has to have at least one album that everybody's going to know a song from or know the album and this is their album this is their moment where they actually come of age into people's living rooms a little bit more um it's only 10 tracks long 38 minutes it's a very quick Mm. album but the actual consistency of the songs there's not a single bad track on the album and it's a very different album it really feels that when you listen to it that the Cortinas have actually they've they've decided to you know put everything into this album but sometimes when bands do that they um it feels like they're over egging it it feels overproduced not on this one the songs are so good all the way through like there's even like the third track which is the self-titled the album titled track sounds a little bit like new order um it's a spoken word track of like a a girl walking around a nightclub um but she's very she's quite aggressive but the way that they're relaying it over it's all like done in spoken word and it's brilliant it's so so clever um a lot of the the first two tracks um particularly heavy jacket which is the single before christmas it's a different you know it's quite a big beaty type beast of a song and then you've got like stuff like better man which sounds a bit like rem on losing my religion but it's a really strong song and then you have this song fifth track in called hanging off your cloud which is probably the song that they're going to get known for by everyone more so than not 19 forever was so basically this song starts with strings a really lush strings you got a piano like a haunting piano it starts off slow and then there's a really nice chorus but it's a very it's almost like an elbow type chorus and then it breaks down again then it comes back up but it's such a beautifully made song it's a very like it's five minutes long the strings are so perfect and you can imagine that if nobody ever hears of the cortinas again after this album everyone's gonna hear hanging off your cloud but it's a five minute masterpiece i think that's my personal opinion i think it's the best thing they've ever done the rest of the album though the way it comes after that you're expecting it to drop a little bit as they do you know when an album peaks you're expecting it to drop and i suppose there's a couple of tracks that sort of go back down to cortinas when they're good level which isn't a bad thing but then it comes the last two tracks on the album as well bring it straight back up again it's a fantastic album i'd say i'm so pleased that they finally released an album that's as big as they are in manchester mm. um they do these massive gigs in like heat and park and i don't know if you've seen them but you know the colored flares are going off and in in terms of what they're thought of in the north you know i think they have as high a standing in the north as the arctic monkeys do but they just need to spread across a little bit. And I think this is the album that's going to do it. As I say, it's such a good album. Um, I think even if you don't like Cortinas, there's tracks on here that people will just get a ring a chord with. 
and think, oh, actually, that's really good. A little bit like the last Catfish in the Bottle Men album, even though that wasn't a great, great album. That had tracks which said they could be better. Certainly like Longshot, which was brilliant as track. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I love it. I think it's an amazing album. And yeah, I just can't recommend it enough. So I suppose as my track, do I need to choose a yes, track, Will, or you are you going to choose a track, Jake? Oh, right? yes. Oh man, I'm I, well. I'm gonna choose. No. <laughs> I, I I will choose. I I keep. I was gonna choose like one of the featuring I I was gonna do Tarkov's Miku dance, <laughs> but I can't find it. Um, or the Doki Doki literature song. I can't find that either. So we just have to go with Better Man from the Cortinas new well, album. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we will see you sometime in the future. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
It's slightly disconcerting, no direction, no set plan. I'm trying to be.